Okay, well, it's good to be back in church, and uh, I like church. I love Wednesday night church service, and I uh, just so appreciate the faithfulness of the folks here at Valley Bible Baptist Church. I just realized I have my cell phone in my pocket. I felt it there. I don't ever bring it to the pulpit, and I did today, and so don't call me, okay, right now. Let me turn you off right now. So if uh, you call there, it... Uh, You'll get me in trouble uh, here. So it's good to be in church tonight, isn't it? Let's take our Bibles to the book of, um, of Joshua. And uh, we are, are dealing with the promised land. And uh, entering into the promised land, we've wandered through the wilderness, spent 40 years, it seemed like, in the wilderness. And uh, spent a long time just marching through that portion of Scripture. And uh, here tonight, uh, as we continue this thought of, of coming to the promised land, uh, uh, last week we actually looked at the Scripture that uh, just showed the children of Israel uh, went across the Red Sea. And, or not, excuse me, not the Red Sea, but the, the Jordan River, went across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And uh, we're going to build upon that this week and, and to look at something special. Let's uh, turn Joshua chapter 3. We're going to actually be in Joshua chapter 4 uh, tonight. We'll read several scriptures here. If you'll stand with me, read one verse out of Joshua chapter 3. And then we will read a portion out of Joshua chapter 4 uh, this evening. Uh, I want you to, to notice uh, kind of a theme as we move into chapter 4. In chapter 3, verse number 12, uh, we read, Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. So here in the midst of, of marching across the Jordan River, uh, they're commanded to take one man from each tribe. Uh, chapter 4, verse number 1, And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones, <coughs> and you shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where you shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan, and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. <coughs> In verse 6, That this may be a sign... Uh, uh, thank you, brother. I've got one right here, so thank you. Uh, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. Uh, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever." And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests which bear the ark of the covenant stood and they are there unto this day. Now if you skip to verse number 19. And the people came up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month. And if you study back in uh, time frames, you're going to find that was exactly 40 years 
minus five days. So five days prior to the 40 years, they come across the Jordan River. And it says, And they encamped in Gilgal, the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones, which they took out of Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over as the Lord uh, your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know. And I love this verse and underline this in my Bible, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, that you might fear the Lord your God forever. And I want to, to just uh, take a thought tonight, if stones could speak, if the stones could speak. You'll notice the emphasis tonight upon the stones, and uh, I believe there's great reason for that. We're going to look at that this evening. If you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, thank you for the wonderful privilege tonight to be in this place at this time and Lord, we thank you for your very presence in this place. That Lord, here as we're gathered together in your name, you're in our midst. And Lord, we, we take great comfort in that. And Lord, we're asking you, as you're in our midst, to teach us tonight. And Lord, to give us truth that will transform our lives. Lord, I pray that we would put into application that which you give us, that you would give us understanding tonight. Uplift, exalt yourself, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Uh, tonight, uh, you may be seated. We're going to look at, at this thought, if stones could speak. Now, you'll see here as we read through this passage, uh, almost the entirety of chapter 4 uh, places an emphasis upon these stones. And I, I think it's evident that these stones were precious to God. These stones were important to God. And uh, God uh, places uh, mentions it several verses in this chapter. Now, as you look at this chapter and back into chapter tw uh, 3, uh, God chose uh, 12 men. 12 men are chosen, one from each tribe. After the children of Israel passed over the Jordan, these 12 men, one from each tribe, were to gather a stone and they were to go to the, to the place where the priest stood with the Ark of the Covenant, take a stone, carry it to the other side, and they were to set up a memorial on the other side of Jordan where they would camp that evening. Each man retrieving that stone. I just kind of pictured in my mind. Uh, you take 12 big strong men. And uh, each of these men would go into the midst of the river. And, and retrieve uh, a stone. The biggest stone he could carry. And he would carry that across. And I was thinking back just in my mind. Uh, I was thinking back to when we took our school group to the pumpkin patch. And uh, we, they were given freedom. You can go out into the pumpkin patch and you can get uh, whatever pumpkin you want. Now, it was kind of crazy because some of them took off running all the way to the other side of the field. And they would find the biggest pumpkin that they could possibly find. And they would take that pumpkin. And it was so funny to see these little guys and girls taking and trying to drag that big pumpkin all the way across. Now, I don't know why I just pictured that. These men are, are picking up a stone, a large stone, and they're taking it across. And these stones carried to Gilgal uh, would be that place they would rest for that night. And they're placed there as a memorial. Look back with me to verse 6 of chapter 4. He said that this may be a sign among you 
that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then you shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off. And notice the latter part of verse 7 says, These stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. An everlasting memorial. Now, you know, here in New Mexico, we have historical markers. You drive along the highway, and you'll notice an historical marker. Uh, curious, how many of you stop and read historical markers? Any of you ever do that? There are a few of you that do that. And uh, some of you, how many of you just go on and oblivious to it, but uh, you pass by? Okay, historical markers across the state. They're there for a reason. They're there to remind us of great events in the history of this state. So what took place at this particular position? And so the uh, children of Israel uh, erected a historical marker, a memorial, a monument uh, to God's miracle here in the, in the Jordan River. Now in addition, in verse number 9, the Bible says, And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan. Not only did they gather twelve stones from the Jordan River, carry them across to Gilgal, uh, but the Bible says they erected within or in the midst of the Jordan River twelve stones. Likewise, in the place the feet of the priests, which bear the Ark of the Covenant, stood, and they are there unto this day. That's an interesting statement. Again, it was established as a marker, as a memorial. Now, I want to take this thought tonight, if those stones could speak. Now, can you imagine if the stones around you could speak? Uh, we would solve all of the crime, wouldn't we? Uh, there would be no secrets. And uh, the things or the events that took place on those particular markers, if those stones could speak, they would tell us what happened. Now, we know, of course, on one hand that stones don't speak, but in a sense, God established these stones as a memorial to speak to all future generations. Not only to all future generations of Israel, but to speak, the Bible tells us here in the last verse, to speak to all of the world. Now, let's just imagine these stones would speak to us tonight, taken from the bottom of the riverbed, and they were able to speak to us. They were given this opportunity to speak. What would those stones say to us? And can you imagine? They would tell of this miracle. They would tell of the drying of the, uh, of the, the, the river, the Jordan River. Uh, they would tell of that miracle. And if you go back to uh, chapter 3 and verse number 20. Chapter 3, excuse me, uh, chapter 4 and verse number 20. He says, those 12 stones which they took out of the Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgal? And he spake to the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, what mean these stones? What would these stones say? Or what do these stones mean to us? What, how do these stones speak to us? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. They would tell of that miracle in the Jordan River. Uh, back to chapter 3. Look at verse 15. In chapter 3, verse number 15. It says, and as they that bear the ark were come into Jordan, unto Jordan, the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. For Jordan overfloweth all banks at that time of the harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose upon an heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zeratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off and the people passed over right against Jericho and the priests that bear the ark of the covenant stood firm on dry ground 
in the midst of Jordan. That's a miracle. Wasn't that a blessing? Now just picture, let's go down to the Rio Grande River here tonight. Now presently, the Jordan River is very similar in size to our Rio Grande River. However, back in, uh, before the 1970s, uh, it was a much larger river, and it was stated back in this time of history, a very large river, and we know that at this particular time, uh, according to the Bible, it overflowed its banks. But let's just imagine we're going to go down to the Rio Grande tonight, and let's just imagine the picture would be this, as this Ark of the Covenant went down into the river that suddenly the water's coming from above, the water's coming from the north, uh, would stop their flow, and they would continue on. The waters down below would continue on. And we've got a heap of water built up on the right-hand side, and on the left-hand side, the waters, uh, the waters would, would flow uh, on down until there was dry ground, and all of the people would walk through on dry land. If those stones could speak, wouldn't that be a wonderful story? A true story that took place as they would tell of that story of God's miracle. Uh, but I want you to look at something else. Look in chapter 3 and verse 17. In chapter 3, verse 17, if those stones could speak, they would tell how all of Israel passed over. It says, And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and this statement, all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Chapter 4, verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over Jordan that the Lord spake unto Joshua. Chapter 4, verse 11. It reads again, it came to pass when all the people were clean passed over that the ark of the Lord passed over and the priests in the presence of the people. Now three different times God tells us that all the people were clean passed over. That was a miracle in itself. The feeble, the weak, the elderly the young, as well as the strong. Not one was left behind. Everyone that came to the brink of the Jordan River, everyone passed over. Uh, the Bible says they hastened over. Uh, two to two and a half million people. The rocks could testify that not one person was left behind. The rocks could testify that every single one of the children of Israel passed over. And I've got news for you. Not one saved person is going to be left behind. All are going to cross over into heaven. Uh, Jesus will not lose a single saved person. Uh, the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. That's secure. The rocks could tell of a complete passing over. Uh, but I want you to look at Joshua chapter 4, verse 24. Uh, what would the rocks tell? They would sing of praises to the Lord. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. That was the purpose of this memorial. That is what the rocks would tell. Uh, what a mighty God. Uh, the rocks would tell, is anything too hard for God? Is there anything that God cannot do? And so all of God's creation tonight, all of His glory spoken of by His creation. His creation tells of His power, of His might. And uh, tonight the sun and the moon and the stars, they speak to us. 
And they tell of the glory of God. They declare the glory of God. The trees, as they clap in the wind, uh, they're telling of God's might and they're speaking of the glory of God. And the birds, as they sing tonight, are singing praises to the Lord. And the lions, as they roar tonight, are roaring their praise to the God of the universe. And all of the lilies of the field are showing forth the glory and the beauty of Almighty God. And I think about the rivers as they go across the, the, the rocks and uh, they babble in the, in the rocks singing praises to the Lord and the oceans as they're waving their waves around and they're approving the Lord Jesus Christ and even the rocks tell the story of a mighty creator tonight. I want you to, to see something. I'm, this is not the message. I've got something else I'm preaching tonight. Laying a foundation here. Take your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke for just a moment. The Gospel of Luke chapter 19. The Gospel of Luke chapter 19. And let's look in, in verse number 35. This speaks of the triumphant entry of the Lord Jesus Christ into the city of Jerusalem. In the Gospel of Luke chapter 19 verse 35. And they brought him to Jesus and they cast their garments upon the colt and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now, at the descent of the Mount of Olives, I want to just plug in a, a, um, an advertisement here. Those of you that are going to Jerusalem, this is going to be a special sight for you. You're going to be able to descend from the Mount of Olives, and you're going to descend down that mount, this very path that Jesus walked, and you're going to descend that mount, and you're going to come near the Golden Gate, the Eastern Gate, uh, just as Jesus would enter. Now, that gate is closed this day, but you're going to descend. You're going to see that Eastern Gate uh, off in the background as you descend uh, down this Mount of Olives. It'll be a special time, and this story will come to mind there. As he was nigh, he's, he's descending down the Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And notice verse 40, and he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. The stones would praise the Lord if men held their voice. If those stones could speak, what would they say? They would sing praise unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles back to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 3. Now, An interesting statement is made. Matthew chapter 3. This is the baptism of... Of John, Remember, this is by the Jordan River. In Matthew chapter 3, verse number 7. Matthew 3, verse number 7. It reads, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring therefore fruits, meat for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our Father, for I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. 
Now, interesting statement there, and, and I won't be dogmatic, and I don't know the answer to this, but uh, there is a traditional location uh, that they state where John the Baptist possibly baptized and where Jesus possibly was baptized. There are a couple of different locations, and, and I'm not sure it matters, but an interesting thought I want to give you. Uh, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse number 28, we read, These things were done in Beth Abara beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. That word Beth Abara literally means the house of passage. And the traditional site named as the baptismal site where Jesus was baptized claims to be the very spot where the children of Israel uh, would pass over. And could it be that John would point to these stones and say that Jesus was even of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham? God is able and capable of doing such thing. Uh, here's what I want to say tonight. Those stones were there by God, placed by God, for a specific purpose, if those stones could be speaking, they would be established as a sign and as a memorial. Now here's the message. Let's think about the meaning back in Joshua chapter 4. If those stones could speak. And what is teaching us tonight, parents, we are to speak. Look back in Joshua chapter 4 and verse number 6. He says that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. Uh, again, in verse number 21, the very same thing. Uh, you're to let your children know and uh, when they ask you concerning these stones and, and uh, what God is saying uh, to the parents who witnessed this miracle, they had an obligation to tell their children. And that miracle was to be told to their children over and over and over and over again. And so the parents had an obligation, but the children had an obligation as well. They had an obligation to ask. I want you to see in verse number 6, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean ye by these stones? And verse 21 again, And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what mean these stones. And the testimony is given here that not only are parents to tell the story, but the children are to ask the story. And here's the application. It's a beautiful application. See, parents, we have an obligation to tell the next generation of God's miracles. We have an obligation to tell of our salvation. We have an obligation to tell of the works of God. We have an obligation to preach and to teach the word of God to the next generation. Uh, we need to set up some memorials. And I would tell you, parents, your children need to know how you got saved. They need to know the story of your salvation. They need to know the workings of God in your life. Uh, there need to be some things that you establish as a family, as a memorial that would honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, here in a week and a half, Valley Bible Baptist Church, we're establishing a memorial, so to speak, a 45th anniversary for Valley Bible Baptist Church. We're looking back on what God has accomplished 
accomplished in 45 years, a memorial established. And we're telling the story to our future generations because there needs to be a church here for generations to come, another generation, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren that will rise up and know the stories of God. Let me also express, young people, we have an obligation to ask. We have an obligation to seek the things of God. We have an obligation to want to know and to have a heart for God. And we have an obligation to ask our parents, to ask our spiritual authorities, to find out how God has worked in previous generations. Now, I heard once the statement, someone forgot to tell. Do you know, at one time, everybody knew of God. We had Noah and the ark and Shem and Ham and Japheth. Everybody knew of God. How is it that today we have multitudes across the world who have never heard the name of Jesus Christ? Someone forgot to tell and someone forgot to ask. And so generations have arisen that have never heard of Jesus and salvation. Of course, we, we understand in this that children are not saved because parents are saved. Each person must be born again. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as the story of Jesus is told to each generation should challenge them. Once you notice the last part of verse 24, Joshua 4. Notice this last statement, that ye might fear the Lord your God forever. See, it was God's design in Joshua chapter 4, verse 24, this last statement in this chapter, these stones established as memorials uh, as children would ask their parents and parents would declare to their children the workings of God. It says that ye might fear the Lord. And the design was that the word of God would challenge them, that they would come to their own personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that they would fear the Lord for themselves. And so parents are to speak. But let me take this another step. Christians are to speak. Amen. In John chapter 4, verse 24 again, here is God's design. This is a blessing. See, God has always had a worldwide vision. Notice the statement here, that was a memorial that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. God has always, always, always been interested in the world. See, God works on behalf of Israel, and they were designed to show the world that He is a living God. Uh, go on to chapter 5 and verse number 1. And it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Neither was there any spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. See, it was designed that God would do a work in the children of Israel that the heathen, that the rest of the world would know that He is a living God. You'll find in the Word of God and through history, God has always worked through people to show Himself as a real and living God. God has worked through churches. God has worked through families. God has worked through individuals to show that he is alive. God chose Abraham. 
God said, Abraham, I want you to leave her of the Chaldees. I want you to go to the land that I will show thee. I will make of you a great nation. And God said of Abraham, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And that's what God wants to do in your life. Are you saved tonight? See, God calls you to speak out. He spoke to the church in Jerusalem, the Great Commission. He said, go and teach all nations. He said, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He says, and ye are witnesses of these things. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Over and over, we are to speak the words of God. We are to testify. And the reason being, verse 24 of chapter 4, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. So parents... You're to speak. And Christians, we are to speak. But let me give you what I believe is the ultimate picture. See, God's word does speak. God designed and was careful to establish a sign or a memorial for future generations. Uh, Twelve men, one from each tribe, were to gather twelve stones from the midst of the river as it was dry... They were to carry them across, build a memorial that would be for all future generations. Now we don't know today where those stones are located. Time erodes. Uh, Earthly memorials. One reason there is some discrepancy on exactly where Jesus was baptized is through the years the path of the Jordan River has changed somewhat. Uh, The Jordan River does not run to the full extent that it did at one time because of agricultural uses. Uh, visiting many ruins and old sites in Israel, uh, you'll find that uh, sometimes they're not exactly sure where an exact event took place. Uh, God, however, has established His Word as an unremovable memorial. A memorial that never changes, an unmovable rock. It's a rock that stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have recorded in the Word of God the story of the drying up of the Jordan River. It's a memorial to be told from generation to generation to generation. And this memorial that God, this rock that God has established is here that we might know the works of God that all the world might praise the mighty God. And the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When I read in this memorial the story of God drying the Jordan River, I think, woohoo! If God tells me to move forward, I can step into the water. And I can trust that God will part the waters. My faith is increased. And that faith is to be told from generation to generation, declaring God's glory, building our faith completely trustworthy, a memorial that never stops speaking to be proclaimed as God's word. Now as we enter the promised land, and this is kind of our concluding thoughts here tonight. As we enter the promised land, God's word is our guide. Remember last week the Ark of Covenant? It pictured the word of God. Really neat picture. When the Ark of Covenant stopped in the Jordan rivers, the waters stopped flowing. You'll find when the Ark of Covenant left the Jordan River, the waters continued to flow. Uh, You think about this, the word of God, where it goes, will stop the floods of evil. And where it is removed, the floods of evil will be restored. God's word is our guide, it goes before us. You bring God's word into a home, 
It'll put that home back together. It'll cleanse that home. You put God's word in the heart and in the life. Now you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. So God's word is our guide. God's word is our protection. But God's word, as we learned tonight, is our memorial. Unchanging, unmovable, rock of God, always truthful, always trustworthy. And here's the thought that I want to give us tonight just in closing. In the promised land, this book is to be your book. This book tucked away in your heart. The stories of this book need to be tucked away. The memories of God's word, the things that God has done. Uh, this is how your faith will be built. You want to accomplish great things for God. You've got to believe in a God that's able to do those great things. And the only way you're going to believe in a God that's able to do those great things is to read this book over and over and over. Uh, bring this book into your home. Parents, teach this book to your children. Uh, instill this book in their hearts and their lives. Uh, you teach your children of a big God. You teach them that you have a God that can do anything. Uh, you teach them a life of faith. Teach them to walk by faith because of a God that accomplished things. And he's still the same God that worked on behalf of the children of Israel. And that's the memorial that we need to establish in our lives, our homes, our families, our churches uh, today. The memorial of God's word. Every head bowed and every eye closed tonight. With their heads bowed and eyes closed here tonight, the Lord knows your heart. He knows your need. Maybe you need a memorial. Maybe you need tonight a rock, a foundation to build upon. An unchanging rock, an unchanging foundation. Father, I thank you tonight for your precious word. and I thank you, Lord, for rocks that speak and glorify you. Lord, help us to be those that will glorify you. Pray that parents would take charge in their homes, teaching the word of God. Pray that uh, as Christians, we would proclaim the word of God 